whether it is a prayer from across the ocean or whether it is a very, very small donation across the ocean or whether it's bringing something to your neighbor, whatever it is, those experiences will bless your life. Even when you're like, I don't think I have time for it or I don't think I have space for it. Every time we can step outside of ourselves and go do something for somebody else, no matter how big or small, it makes an impact on people. Hey, we are Shan and Ryan Tripp, parents of five on a journey to discover what it takes to raise great humans while enjoying the heck out of life along the way. Sometimes it's easy to let the weight of everyday life, parenting, marriage, finances, get in the way. But what we found is that as you break out of the norm and do life a little bit differently, a whole new world can open up to you. So if you're ready, we would love to invite you on this journey with us as we pull back the curtains and have a whole lot of fun along the way. And it's true what they say, life's a trip. This is our story. How will you write yours? Let's go. Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Life's a Trip podcast. We are your hosts, Ryan and Shannon Tripp. Hi, guys. We're so happy to have you here as we talk about our trip to Africa. We just got back and we actually had a totally different episode planned, but this was so special to us. So incredible. This experience was, I mean, just so impacting and we want to share what we took away from it with you. Yeah. So the backstory is Shannon released her first aid kit in partnership with my medic last year. And a portion of those proceeds go to a charity called mothers without borders and mothers without borders has been going to Zambia for the last 30 years. Yeah. And having a big impact out there. So it was really cool for us to go out there with some of the, my medic team and meet up with mothers without borders and see all the good work that they're doing and where your hard earned dollars are going. If you, if you bought one of Shannon's first aid kits, then you can know that, uh, those dollars are going to help help kids and, and support Mothers Without Borders in Africa. And you guys, we're going to go over some of the details and and just really, I mean, we want you to hear us loud and clear, like your dollars are making a big difference in people's lives over there, significantly more difference than it would make in somebody's life here. It's It was incredible to meet such remarkable people. That's something I loved about this organization is they're going over and they are working with the local people to help them with what they need and help them get jobs and help their community be better. And it's just such a beautiful, beautiful thing that's happening. And we're just so grateful to be a part of it. But man, we want to share a few stories with you. We want to kind of like pull back the curtains and, and let you know what it really is like in obviously Zambia, Africa, but in other parts of the world, because I think sometimes we just get going in our day and our life and we're just so busy. I mean, how hard was it for me to leave the kids to go do that? Yeah, we left. uh, Well, we took our oldest daughter with us who's 12. So it was an amazing experience for her, but we left the other four kids with your mom, bless her heart. And uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think, I didn't know if you were going to go. I didn't know if you were going to make it as much as you've always wanted to go to Africa and go on this amazing trip. 
Uh, I, I didn't know if you'd be able to leave the kids, but you did, sweetheart. You did a hard thing and you're stronger for it. <laughs> I did. I cried a lot of tears. I was so grateful that we were able to bring our 12-year-old. Me and Ryan have always said when our kids turned 12, we wanted to take them on a trip, a special trip, just the 12-year-old and me and Ryan. And it just so happened to be that we were going to Africa two days after her birthday. And I have no, I, no doubt that God had his hand in that scheduling because it was truly incredible to have her with us. You know, kids her age are going through a lot more challenging things and they're facing a lot of really, really difficult um, circumstances over there. And she just walked alongside of them and was able to show compassion and empathy. And I think that's the whole goal in life is to open our hearts up to more compassion and to, to, having the, you know, the desire and the ability to think outside of ourselves and our busy life and try to help other people. So one of my favorite books that I ever read, and it's a small, easy read, it's called how full is your bucket. And when we do service, we are filling someone else's bucket and in turn, our bucket is filled. And I think that's, we've all experienced that, that that's so true when we are able to serve and think of others it's a win-win situation for us and for those who we serve. And I feel like our trip to Africa was very much that way. I, I hope we had an impact. I think we did. And it definitely blessed our lives. Yeah. I mean, when I left my baby bow, I cried my eyes out. It was one of the most challenging things for me to leave him. I've never left my kids for that long, let alone a one-year-old and who's nursing. And, um, Shout out to the breastfeeding moms out there <laughs> like Shannon, who for two weeks, how long were we gone? About 12 days. You were dedicated to pumping every day. Yeah. I mean, I had to, I had to pump and pray, <laughs> let, let Jesus take the will and see if he'd nurse when he, when we got back home and he did. Yay. Oh, so that was a big answer to our prayers. But what I, what I was going to say is that, you know, I left him feeling like, kind of bad for myself, like really pretty guilty, really sad, just really, really sad to the point where I'm like, is it too late to turn this plane around? But then I got over there and the day we visited the baby orphanage where in one room they have the babies and in the other room they have the little toddlers and I was holding them. And in that moment, I just thought, man, my little boy is just fine. You know, he's got so much love and he's warm and he's fed. And that's so much more than these babies have. And this day, this moment, I get to give that to this child. And maybe, maybe it's not going to make a lifelong impact, but right now this baby actually might need me more than my own baby does. And it was just a really, a really special experience to be able to kind of get outside of my own, just open up my heart, I guess, for more, more room to make more room for, for other people and kids and experiences that need us. So, whew, okay. Here's some tissue, sweetheart. I knew you would need it. So I brought a box, <laughs> you know, two boxes. You know what? I want to, I think we should, I think we should tell them a couple stories. I think so. Can I lead into that with uh, a quote from Kathy, who's the leader of the founder of Mothers Without Borders. She told us as we were leaving, she said, when you get back, the question you'll get from all your friends and family is, 
what did you do out there? You know, you, they know you went to Africa on a service trip and it's, it's the question is what, what did you do? What, what, what did you do out there? What was the trip? And she said something that I wrote in my phone that I thought was really simple and great. She said, you can tell them that we moved the momentum of change in the world. And that's what we did. And, and we'll that. tell some specific stories and share some things that really impacted us. But we were just out there to try to move the momentum of change in the world. And we can all do that in our own way, whether we go to Africa or whether we do it in our own neighborhood, we can just always try to be a positive change in the world. Yeah. And I think I love that. And I think that, uh, you know, going to Africa obviously is a really big deal. That was a big deal for me. That was something I didn't know if I'd ever get to do in this lifetime. So it doesn't have to be going to Africa, but I want to, for, I want to just let you know from my experience and what we just saw out there and things that we will never be able to unsee out there that whether it is a prayer from across the ocean or whether it is a very, very small donation across the ocean or whether it's bringing something to your neighbor or whether it's, you know, like whatever it is, those experiences will bless your life. Even when you're like, I don't think I have time for it or I don't think I have space for it. Every time we can step outside of ourselves and go do something for somebody else, no matter how big or small, it makes an impact on people. I think we should tell them about the story of when we went to the village and met that little girl, which we won't share details, but I think that that was a really special experience to know just how small of a task it was for us to do this and how big of an impact it was for this little girl to receive it. Yeah. Well, maybe we start with that. We, the first day we get out there, we go to a school that had been set up by a local lady and she's been running this school and, uh, offering a free lunch. And, and we learned that, uh, a lot of these kids go to school just to get their one meal for the day. And then there's a lot of kids that you kind of just see walking around in the streets that they just don't go to school. You know, it's not like at home where you're like, oh, the kids are in school during the day. There like are be, kids everywhere yeah, and if, there's, there's not a lot of parents with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're just kind of on their own or they're orphans or they're just not going to school. And so that seems weird where we come from, right? You just wouldn't expect a bunch of kids roaming around town during the middle of the day. You'd be like, why isn't that kid in school? But they go to school and they, and they learn and they have fun and they get their, their one, maybe potentially their one meal for the day. So we had a chance to talk to those kids and sometimes there was a communication barrier. So we're just playing soccer or jump rope and just sharing smiles. And then around the corner from the school is a very poor little village. And when we say village, I mean, just imagine these little kind of dirt pathways that go through these mud huts with like the straw roof. I mean, the things that if you've never been there, the things that you would see on a movie or on TV, and then you see it in person and you know, you're like, wow, this, these, this is really, this is how some people live and this is how they've always lived. And there, there's a, a shared bathroom that they have to pay to use like a shared outhouse between five or six homes. There's a, a well of water where they're pulling up, you know, a, a milk carton, you know, that's been chopped off and pulling up water on a rope out of the, 
the little well, which, oh, by the way, is just down from where they go to the bathroom. So, you know, the water's not very clean. So when we say we went to this little village and, and to, we were introduced to this family and this little girl, that's the experience of this village that we were walking through. And we were with a sweet social worker who works with a lot of these families out there. And she knew this one lady. We didn't really know where we were headed that day, but I have no doubt that uh, we were supposed to go to this sweet home. This lady lets us inside. I mean, this living room's like the size of the rug my feet are on right now. It's just a small living room, kitchen. Everything is in one little square, a curtain that goes back to the back bedroom and she so kindly let us in and we sang songs and we, they danced and they were just very, very sweet. And then in the middle of all of that, I think we were there for like two hours. The most adorable teen girl comes running through the door from school and she was so excited. She was smiling ear to ear. I've never, ever, ever seen a kid so excited to see visitors before. She didn't know who we were. We were perfect strangers. And I've, she was just, just elated that we were there. And we learned about her and her situation. Her circumstance was that she was born by a mother who had HIV AIDS and she contracted that at birth and it took her hearing when she was just a toddler And she had grown up in this home her whole life, deaf, and she's had the privilege of going to school on and off when they can afford it, but sometimes they can't afford it. It's the only meal she usually gets during her days is at school. And so as we were sitting there with the social worker and we saw this darling girl in the same school uniform that she had had since she was six, they said when she was six, she got it and it was really big. And now she's a teen and It fits her really tight, but she's worn that for like seven years. And anyway, she stood there and Ryan asked the social worker a question. What did you ask her? Oh, because they, they, they told us that she may not be able to go to school next month because they had ran out of, of money. They didn't know where they were going to get the money this next month. And so what did you ask? Yeah, they. We basically just wanted to know what what did she need? Like, what, how, you know, how many quacha? Quacha is the currency out there. So, how many quacha did she need to continue to go to school? And it, the answer was six hundred quacha. How much is that in U.S. dollars, Shannon? So, for her to go to school every day for a month, get a meal, her only meal, out of her days for a month, that's thirty dollars. 600 quacha and an updated school uniform, I think. Yeah. $30, 30 us dollars to help this little girl go to school for an entire month, get a new outfit and have a meal every day. Yeah. I mean, when we learned that you're just like, you're just like, how can we help? You're just, you're just like, take all my, take all my money. And that was one example of many that we learned about yeah. out there, not just needing the basic, I, I think what we came away with was there's just so many needs for basic things. Yeah. You know, we don't, we're, we're very blessed to not have to worry about, you know, can I afford for my kids to go to school or can I afford, you know, to have lunch today or it'd sure be nice to have a pair of shoes that actually fits and isn't five years old. 
And so we just saw a lot of basic needs that weren't, that were just out of reach for some of these poor families. So, wow, we were just like Shannon and I and Taylor, we were just like all crying in that moment. Yeah, it was really, it was really a moment of realization to, I, I can't remember the quote, but something about small acts, you know, just little small acts of of service just add up to be great things. I'm pretty sure you guys know which quote I'm talking about, but sometimes it is just one by one, little by little, and it can truly change somebody's life. And that's what we, that's definitely what we learned out there. So, so that was our first day we were able to go to the school and it's such a privilege for kids to go to school out there. A lot of kids walk two to three miles to school every single day, and then they get back home and they they help their parents work or they're just kind of on their own. And it is really, really, really cool to see how loving and welcoming they are when they, when they don't have a lot. And that's some, that's another big takeaway that, that I got from visiting. One of the cool things uh, that the organization we went with does, you know, cause I didn't know exactly what to expect in going out there. And we weren't out there to build a school and then, and then leave, or we won't, we, we weren't there to like, Hey, we're here to save the day. And then like, see you later. We may never see you again. And I think that's what mothers without borders did. It does a good job of is they've been going there for decades and they're all about empowering local moms, local parents, local people to give them the jobs, right? So a lot of, a lot of the fundraising that they do and a lot of the sales from the the first aid kit, that money can then be used to hire local tradesmen to help build the school, to hire teachers, to teach the kids, to hire, uh, when we, the, one of the houses we were staying at the, they hired the young ladies to cook the dinners for us. So rather than us, maybe go out to eat or do something else, they were they were making an income and then they were cooking meals for us, cooking Shima for us, which was one of the staple foods that we ate out there. So it was, it was neat for Like I felt bad at first that we weren't like really doing any heavy lifting or I guess I was picturing us like laboring these hard days out in the, in the hot sun. And we, we did have one day of that where we helped, uh, you know, add some muscle to what they were doing. But, um, it's, it's just great that there's a lot of different organizations that are trying to help out and go over there and make a difference and create more jobs. Because one of the things that we learned was that 90% of the population is unemployed because there's just not jobs. So imagine that we freak out when seven or eight unemployment, seven or 8% unemployment or 10% unemployment happens in the United States. But the inverse of that, imagine nine out of 10 people not having a job to go to for the day. We met a nurse and a mom who she trades with other nurses to try to just get a couple shifts for the month just to make some income. She's a trained, skillful, knowledgeable nurse, but there's just not even a job for her to, 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 you know, she just can't even go get a job. Yeah. There's a, you know, before I went, I, I kind of just tried to reflect on, on my own emotions about what I was about to see. And, and you kind of just paint this picture of maybe what it's like. And after going over there, it just, it, it was almost in a way more heartbreaking because it was, it was even greater needs than I had originally anticipated. And I was really discouraged after the first day. I'm like, how in the world are we, 
are we ever going to be able to help and do all the things that need to be done? You know, there's just, there's just no way. And then of course, you know, after a simple reminder to let that they are in God's hands and we only do as much as we can do. But I think that I just, I just hope whoever is listening within the sound of my voice knows what an impact you can make by a very, very small amount of effort in our own lives. Yeah. After that first day when you were feeling like you couldn't, you know, you couldn't help everybody. The, the poem about the starfish came to mind, right? I think most people know that, but it's, you know, the, to quickly say it, right? The guy who's walking along the beach throwing starfish and there's millions of starfish up on the beach and he he's throwing them back and the guy says, what are you doing? And he says, well, I'm trying to help these starfish get back in the ocean. And he says, well, you can't make a difference. You can't possibly make a difference. And the guy says, you know, he picks one up, throws it out there and says, well, I made a difference to that one. And and that was kind of how we felt was we, you, you wish, we hope that we'll be able to go back and, and do more and continue to support from afar. But you know, even to share a smile or, you know, help, help with an extra 30 bucks for one person. Um, you know, if we all did that, then it would make a huge difference. Well, and that brings me to maybe an invitation to actually make a big difference. So as we Pray were, tell. As we were leaving, it? I was talking to the founders of the Mothers Without Borders and the people, you know, um, Josephine is her name. She's the the head social worker there. She actually has so much respect in Zambia that she's able to rescue kids in crisis without any approval. She's amazing. She She's just moving mountains over there. And there are a lot of kids in crisis, something that something that's really hard to talk about, something that's really heavy, something that none of us want to talk about is um, the the prevalence of sexual abuse over there and how many pregnant teens there are. And that obviously puts a lot of kiddos in a situation that may be tricky. Having a 10, 11, 12-year-old mother who's still a child and then a grandma that can't afford to keep the child because they can't afford food for the child until the child's able to eat finger food. So some of these kiddos become orphans. Some of them will eventually be left on the street and some moms at 10 years old need to become a mom. And that happens a lot. And so as we were leaving, I, I had, you know, some amazing hearts, obviously, that are listening to this, that stepped in to donate. And I just was talking to them like, I want these dollars to go to a really, really special place, something that we can get behind, something that is a huge need here and something that has been on their mind for a while that we now have the opportunity to step in and be a really big part of is creating a home on their, I'm going to call it a campus, but it's a big center where they have schools and housing for, um, different orphan kids and kids just in the community that need an opportunity to go to school and provide meals for them and a safe place for them to, to rest. Well, now they're going to be building a home for these pregnant teenagers who have been abused and a home next door to them to care for their babies. And oh, I can't even talk about it without getting emotional. 
I just, after what I saw and what situation a lot of these kids are in and this place that we can, I mean, this, this center is amazing what they're doing. They, the kids there, I mean, we met another, we met another lady. She's actually the nurse Ryan was referring to. She grew up in this center and she became a nurse. And now she has three of her own children who are amazing and she's amazing. And she calls that place her home. And she still says, I wish I could go back home. Just a really, really special place for, for these kids. And now we have the opportunity to house some of these moms and give them the, the, the care, the therapy, the trauma recovery that they need and have a safe place for their babies to be taken care of. And anyway, you guys are going to be hearing lots more about this, but I wanted to share that with you because this is something that's very, very, very exciting. And it's going to be something that's going to impact a lot of lives over in Zambia. Amazing. Well said. So many people, this is just kind of the last thing I'll say, but uh, many, many people are involved with different charity organizations and, you know, everyone kind of seems to gravitate to something that they that maybe hits close to home for them or something they've been involved with for a long time. But if you're listening to this and you are looking for a way to get involved, or you're just thinking that you want to do something, then we're happy to help point you in the right direction to an organization that we've spent time with now that we've contributed to and that we've seen firsthand have a big impact in the lives of so many deserving and needy people in Africa. So if you're interested in that, we're happy to point in that direction. I think we'll include in the show notes, a link to their, their page and, and you can get involved with what Shannon just talked about. Uh, it's motherswithoutborders.org, I think is the website. And we're just grateful to be a part of that in a small way. And hopefully we can make it back out there, or at least I think next time I probably need to stay back with the kids and we'll send Shannon and, and maybe some of you guys, <laughs> maybe a good <laughs> handful of moms from the community. That would be fun. You got a, you got quite a few DMS, uh, from other moms <laughs> asking how to, how to get involved and that they would love to go on the trip. So yeah. So if you guys, if you guys actually really do, or if you're interested, let me know. You could also reach out to Mothers Without Borders. If you make a donation or if you um, want to come on this trip, just make sure in the comments and say Shan or Shan trip, or let's call the house, the trip house. How about that? You guys can say you want to help with the trip house and we're going to put all these dollars in the most important place. I don't even think Brian and I I mean, when we sat down to record this, we were just going to kind of recap Africa. We weren't even intending on really going this direction, but I think that, I think that there's just a reason why it's on our hearts to just continue to open up people's minds and hearts to helping. And here's a way that we know how that goes to a really, really does really, really great things. Yeah. Yeah, And, uh, you know, the takeaway for sure for both of us was to squeeze our loved ones a little bit tighter, be extremely grateful for what we have, uh, a good healthy dose of perspective coming back from the trip and almost like a fear, and that's not the best way to say it, but like a fear that we will forget the experience that we had out there. Some of the team leaders that have been going out there every year for the last 10 or 15 years. And they said that one of the reasons they continue to do that is to show up and to serve, but it also reminds them to get out of their daily life and 
and all the responsibilities that we all have and just remind themselves of, you know, that this is a big world and we're all God's children and we all need help and we all need love and we all need a smile. And so if nothing else today, we just want to share that reminder with everyone listening that, uh, you know, just look outside and, and serve and show up and, and share love and share a smile and your bucket will be filled as well as you'll be serving someone else. Yeah. It's all about. And when we got there, I remember hearing from the lady that has been there, you know, 30 plus years. And she said, sometimes you can't connect with your words because you don't speak the same language. And she said, but you can always connect with your hearts. And that was obviously a great, great reminder for our experience over there. But just in our lives back here is we are connected through our hearts and the experiences that we have together and a smile or a gesture. It doesn't always have to be words. It doesn't always have to be these grandiose things. It can be a very small, simple connection through our hearts just because we, I mean, we're just here to, you know, serve and love each other and do the best we can. And there's a lot, a little can go a long ways. Whew. I mean, I could keep going. We could go to this, we could keep going to the safari. We could keep going to the zip line and the waterfalls. But I would say that what we've just talked about is by far the most important piece that we took back from Africa. Oh, for sure. Yeah. It was, it was fun to stack a couple of days of adventuring while we were out there. We love to see new places and see new wildlife and go see Victoria Falls. That was pretty incredible, but definitely paled in comparison to just some of the people that we, we met out there and yeah, we loved Africa. We will be back one day. So thanks for listening to our, our stories. And I hope everyone will find a way to, to reach out and serve and get involved in mothers without borders. If, if you feel inclined to do so. Guys, we love you. We genuinely love you. And whatever you're doing, no matter how big or small it is, no effort for good ever goes unnoticed. And we'll see you next week. I think we've got a good, I think we've got a good podcast episode coming up next week. One of my favorites actually might be my favorite of all time. So a really kind of personal story and, um, and also some exciting news. Yeah. So don't, so don't, don't touch that dial. Tune in for next week. <laughs> we love you guys. Bye.